I've lived in northern Monmouth County in New Jersey my entire life. I've been a fiction writer, actor, playwright, blogger, gourmet chef, home renovator, event planner, landscape architect, and decorator. Now, I'm married to a professional drummer who is also an award-winning photographer, so the arts have always been really important to me. There are so many people in this part of New Jersey that are involved in the arts, and I am planning to talk to all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'm inviting you to listen in. I'm Lucille Lasapio, talking arts and culture, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. The name Jade Green is very familiar to people in Monmouth and Ocean County as both an actor and someone who has run several theaters. Jade is also a fitness instructor, a yoga instructor, a psychic, and lots of other things. Listen to this conversation and you'll walk away understanding that Jade Green is always performing. Hi, Jade. Hi, Lucille. How are you? Great. Let's jump right in. You've been an actor, a director, a writer, a DJ, a fitness coach, a yoga instructor, and a psychic. So tell me, of all of those roles, which do you enjoy the most? I'd have to say actor. That's what I started out as, and that's the one that's you know been the through line for me. And all the other things kind of grew out of that. If money wasn't an object, what would you be doing right now? Acting. <laughs> and what would your uh, dream acting job be? I like doing film work. I'd probably want to start my own film company. I already have a screenplay that I'd like to do. It was done with a, a fairly big budget, actually, because I had a friend in the film business who I was working with. So I'd like to finish it. It's called Sandy Mansions, and it's based on my time at the Haunted Mansion in Long Branch. Let's talk about the Grange Theater. It's located on Route 9 in Howell, and it's one of the few places in the area where local actors can perform. Tell us a little bit about the location and the theater itself. The theater itself was a one-room schoolhouse, or two-room schoolhouse, actually, back in the 1800s. And then at one point, it was sold to the state of New Jersey, Grange. They opened it up for the Howell branch of the Grange, which is a collective of organic farmers. But they happen to have, in one of the two schoolrooms, a nice stage. And it's just a very charming location. It's funny because it's like a farm in the middle of Route 9, and on either side, there's strip malls and everything else so it just seems so out of place <laughs> but it's really it is a charming space there are some stories that go along with the Grange aren't there yes one day we had the New Jersey Paranormal Society in and they told us that there was indeed a little girl ghost named Rachel in the theater most theaters they say are haunted but this place was haunted before we got there yeah. <laughs> now I appeared in one of your shows at the Grange Theater which featured witches and the supernatural and you seem to have quite an interest in the occult as well. What is it that drove your interest in the occult or psychic phenomena? When I worked at the Haunted Mansion, one of my friends was a high priestess in a Wiccan coven. And uh, she looked at me one day and she said, you have the gift. I'm like, I do? If, yeah, I didn't know what she was talking about. She said, no, you should do something like read palms or cards or something. And I kind of took her up on that, and I bought my first deck of tarot cards. And I discovered that nine times out of ten, people look at me ashen-faced when I read their <laughs> cards because I'm hitting it on the head. When you started the Grange Theater, what, what is it that gave you the motivation to open up a playhouse? It wasn't my first time at the rodeo. Uh, my first theater was actually in West Long Branch. You might not know about that one. That was Thalia's Theater. 
It was a building in receivership when we rented it, and the property manager said to me, don't worry about it. Somebody buys the building, they'll be thrilled that they have a tenant. Well, guess what? They weren't thrilled. <laughs> and as soon as our lease was up, so were we. So I went over to Seaview Square, and that was the Jewel Box Theater. And after that, I was traveling with the Murder Mystery Company. And which Murder Mystery Company? The Hitman Murder Mysteries. Which is... My company. Your company yeah. as well. After that, we opened up Cafe Theater on Fisher Boulevard in Tom's River. Now, recently at the Grange Theater, you produced my play, Sex and Garbage. Yes, it was wonderful. Thank you. You know, sometimes you write something and you think it's good and then you watch it and you're like, it's cringeworthy. But I didn't feel that way. I really, I liked it. I liked the way it came out. And I'm, I hope you did too. <laughs> I absolutely did. I loved doing it. It's one and of those few plays that's all women, almost. Two, two little small male parts. The, the characters were so strongly written. That's why I was drawn to it. Yeah, and they all did a really good job. It. I was really I, happy. I so lucked out mm-hmm. on my casting. Mm-hmm. How many plays do you get submitted each year? Uh, maybe 20 or 30 plays submitted a year. And then we have to pare it down sure. to the final six. What kind of genres are represented? Is it Does it run the gamut? Oh, yeah. We do comedies, dramas, musicals. And how do you choose the plays that you're going to use? Kathy Reed, who ran the Damn Sight Theater for many years, she said they had to spend days reading through plays. We would read the plays. We would accept them. We'd have a staged reading mm. for most of them. And then we'd kind of let people give us feedback, and, and we'd take it into account and try and give our audiences a variety. And we, once a year also, we had our collection of one acts, which was a challenge that we threw out to the playwrights. This is our theme for the year. Mm. Write us a one act. And then we'd put them together as a collection. It seems like virtually all of the shows that you do are originals. At the Grange, yes. Yeah. Either an original or a classic. Because, of course, if you use published plays, then you need to pay a royalty. Which are outrageous. <laughs> Do you avoid published plays because of that? Absolutely. Yeah. When you don't know how much money you're making, I mean, you can sink your theater company on the on royalties. Yeah. Now, you don't you don't pay royalties to the um, playwrights that submit their plays, correct? No. Because I was going to say, I, I never got paid. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I would love nothing more than Mm. to pay everyone who does anything for the theater company, but it is still actually a community theater. When you're an equity company and you have donors and you're getting grant money and all that sort of thing, you don't have to worry as much. But when, when it's all about the bottom line and you're running on a shoestring, you really can't gamble with that. What's the website for your playhouse? The Grange Playhouse is kind of going away. I hate to say it. I'm moving to Baltimore. That's something that people don't know. I'm got announcing it here for the first time. You've heard it first okay. here. But I'm going to be doing the Zoom thing, so it almost doesn't matter where you are. Right, right. And I'm looking forward to getting involved in the theater community in Baltimore. There's a very, there was a thriving community. I hope it comes back. Since acting is your biggest love, let's talk about your first acting role. At Kane, I was a theater major, and uh, my first show there was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And you played? Vibrata, one of the uh, courtesans. And interestingly enough, I learned how to belly dance for that role, and I've been doing it ever since. I <laughs> teach it now. What did you think of your performance and when you look when back? When I look back, I sucked. 
<laughs> I knew nothing. <laughs> I had done Tally's Follett. There was a dinner theater in Matawan for like a split second. But it was really very intense play. Judith Brown directed it. And years later, they did the same play at the George Street Playhouse. I was able to get some free tickets to it. And the two of us sat in the audience and squirmed the entire night. Because we're like, oh my god, that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> what roles have you played since then that you regretted playing? Wow, that's a tough question. I don't think there's a single role I've played that I regret because there was always something to be learned. Okay, well, what about this? What was the role that you played you thought like, oh my God, I was, that was terrible. I, would, I wish I hadn't done that role at the time. Uh, I guess my first. <laughs> I couldn't sing back then. I, I was just terrible. Uh, my dancing was okay. Yeah. And that was basically what I was there for. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've, I've seen the play. I have always wanted to do same time next year with Dennis Lynch. That would be a dream. Oh, that, of course, that's a classic Neil Simon with only two characters. Unfortunately, Dennis is no longer with us, so that obviously will never happen. Are there roles that you've always wanted to play but never got the opportunity? Yes. The one that really kind of sticks in my craw <laughs> was um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Mm. And I was in rehearsal for it up to dress rehearsal. And then it was canceled. So other than the, the role that you were supposed to play, are there any other roles that you'd really just love to play? I've always wanted to do some Noel Coward. Mm. What fun would that be? I've done some Oscar Wilde. I'd love to do some more of that. Shaw. I would love to do more Shaw. I played Mrs. Warren in Mrs. Warren's Profession, which was a great experience, mm. but I'd love to do some more of that. I love classics. I'm, I'm a classic yeah. girl. Have you done community theater? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, community theater, a lot of people kind of look down on that, but you'd be surprised yeah. at the caliber of community theater at times. Yeah. The hard thing about doing community theater is once you've done professional or semi-professional, you're used to doing things quickly. You have three, four weeks of, of rehearsals at best. You don't, you don't rehearse for three months like you do in community theater because community theater is a social construct as well as a theater. You know, it used to be that, you know, a day or two after your play opened, the critics would print a review. You know, we had the Asbury Park Press, the Red Bank Register, the whatever. There are no reviewers anymore. So any reviews that you're going to get, probably just word of mouth. But reviewers back then could be brutal. Nonetheless, let's, let's talk about reviews that you've gotten in the past. What's the worst one you've ever gotten? Oh, my God. I got a scathing review from Bob Dorian from uh, Two River Times. This was Thalia's Theater. We did a production of Gemini, which the audiences all loved. There's the, a pot smoking scene in the show. I don't know if you know the show. And we had somebody smoking tea leaves. And it was early in the show. And during the pot smoking scene, so he got up and he left early in the show. He never even saw most of it. And then he gave this scathing review talking about the entire thing as if he had seen it. And I knew this because I wasn't in the show. I had just directed it. And not only was the review scathing, but he kind of made fun of my name, which I took umbrage with. <laughs> the last line of his, what he thought was a clever review, said, yeah. I left the theater feeling green, jade green. Uh, 
so I was very I was very taken aback by that review, needless to say. But I don't, you know, in any review I've ever had, I've that's the only bad review I've ever had. What's the best review you ever got? I did a show out on Sandy Hook, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Mm, great got show. A great review. Have you ever considered a career outside of acting? Yeah, and I I've made steps toward that. I've even had other careers besides acting, but nothing that you know, I've ever been happy in. I, I mean, I do have my two other careers, and I love both of those. Fitness, I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I have certifications in yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, Qigong, Aqua. I, I can do pretty much anything. I can teach pretty much anything in fitness, but I like the holistic forms best. It goes so hand in hand with the acting thing. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This right. was Jane Fonda all the way. Yeah. For example, when you're teaching a yoga class, I end up with a meditation. I'm telling them a story, basically, yeah. talking them, you know, guided meditation. That's what that is. Although, and that's also my writing skills. Right. That comes right. in. And I think you and I both know when you're an actor, writing kind of comes naturally yeah. to you as well right. because you're seeing scenes in your head. Now, I don't believe this. But I am at my last question for you. Wow. If somebody told you that they were planning to open a theater, what advice would you give them? I would say make sure you have the right location. I would say get involved in the area first so that you have some knowledge of what's in your area already. Who, who are the people in the area? What, what sort of personnel do you have to draw from? What is the, is, is the area theater friendly some areas are just not mm. you know you're you're surprised but they just end up being towns where everybody's interested in sports or whatever mm-hmm. not an arts friendly town make sure it's in the right place now i said it was the last question but i lied you and i both have these deep resonant voices have you given any thought to doing voiceovers i have thought of nothing else and i i just can't seem to get to making my reel i have to sit down and do it well actually i don't think you really need to do a reel what i would suggest to you go to backstage backstage backstage.com and you can look up all the parts that they're looking to fill people and a lot of times they might say just send uh, an example you just record it on your phone and do it you don't have to Oh, really? That it whole doesn't real have to be that big a deal? I didn't no, know. I thought no. that's what they're expecting. No, because nowadays people would just record on their phone or on their computer and send it on. Yeah, look up backstage. You can even just, you know, put in all the filters that you want and you can get notices when positions are open. No, I'll check that out. Thank you, you for the tip. You're welcome. I appreciate uh, do it. Do I get 10% or 15 Absolutely. <laughs> I get any work. <laughs> Jade, thank you so thank much you. for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so good to see you again. You too. This was just so much fun. Thank you. I love the arts, and I love to talk, and that's why I'm talking to local artists. And if you like listening, then subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on this page, on iTunes, or anywhere you get podcasts. I'm Lucille Asapio, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. (laughs) 